I want to first say that we've got lots of people online watching and from various countries. This is a list I have just from a few minutes ago. Sweden, South Africa, USA, Canada, UK, Austria, Mexico, Scotland, Ireland, Slovakia, Singapore, China, Romania, Netherlands, Trinidad and Tobago, Czech Republic, Kenya, Israel, Finland, Brazil, at least 20 countries and maybe more have joined since I got this note. So it's great to have you watching and fellowshipping with us from a distance. How many of you were at our picnic or barbecue, I should say, on Friday evening? A number of you were. We had probably over 100 people there. I think we had four grills going. There, I, I was worried at the beginning. There were so many people that came. Are we going to run out of food? But in fact, we had food left over. 12 baskets full left over. Well, I'm exaggerating just a little bit there. But what a great time we had, didn't we? Amen. Well, we're in a series called Living Wisdom. It's based on the book of Proverbs. And uh, my topic this evening is the wisdom of joy, the wisdom of joy. By the way, I am joyful tonight as I recall that this Tuesday will mark 39 years since this congregation began as we had the privilege of co-founding King of Kings. So we go into our, we go into our 40th year now and uh, what a joy it's been and for many of those years as senior pastor more recently turning over the reins to pastor chad who's doing a terrific job and uh, he's on sabbatical and he'll be back september the 15th but we're going to look at proverbs and my main points tonight will all be based on what we find in proverbs i could go in so many directions when i talk about joy but i'm going to confine it to what solomon tells us about joy in the book of Proverbs. Let's first begin by praying. Lord, we come to you and we know that you are the one that we should be listening to. I pray, God, that we'll hear your voice, not so much my voice. Help me, Lord, to be faithful to your word, that I'll deliver it faithfully, and that you'll be glorified in all of this. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Well, you know that Solomon um, did not ask for riches and honor, but what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. And so the book of Proverbs has those words of wisdom that we get to study and apply to our lives. How important is it to have a joyful life? Well, Yeshua came to this earth to give us joy. Did you know that? He quotes Isaiah chapter 61 concerning himself who would come as the Messiah, the anointed one. And he read these words in the synagogue at Nazareth from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Yeshua came to give us joy. Now, what is joy? You know, there are a lot of counterfeits out there. What is joy really? You look at that girl dancing at the party uh, and you say, boy, she's really happy tonight. Well, you probably read in the news the last few days that the prime minister of Finland, 
a lady of 36 years old uh, dancing wildly at a party and the video has gone viral and people have been saying she must be on drugs and so she's done a drug test and we'll get the results in about a week. Well, happiness is not necessarily the same as joy. True joy is what the Lord gives us and Proverbs 15 verse 15 says this, he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. The word in Hebrew, tamid, you know in modern Hebrew, it simply means continual. Let me read it again. He who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Paul says this in the New Testament concerning his own experience through trials and tribulations. He says this, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. So joy is not only con constant, continual, but it is something deep inside. It is not swayed by external circumstances. Proverbs 23, verse 16 says, Yes, my inmost being will rejoice. My inmost being, actually the word literally is kidney. Talking about internal organs. That deep inside of me, I have joy. Peter says that we should have joy unspeakable, joy inexpressible. It's so deep that you can't even put words to explain what it's like when you've got that joy deep inside. Now there's a tragic lack of joy in our world, have you noticed? I think we'd all agree about that. What's it look like in our world today? Well, often it's characterized by sadness, disappointment, sorrow, but another manifestation of joylessness is emptiness. The opposite of joy is not necessarily sadness. The opposite of joy could be emptiness. Another manifestation of joylessness is loneliness. I, I, I quote from one of the most popular comedians ever, Robin Williams, who said before he took his own life, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Hmm. How sad that this man who made a career out of making people laugh ended up losing the joy of life. Joie de vivre. My French is terrible. Another, another manifestation of joylessness is hopelessness. It can be manifested as a lack of purpose in life. Why am I on the planet? I don't really have a reason to live. I'm not making any contribution, and I'll be forgotten anyway. The most extreme manifestation of joylessness is depression. In recent years, depression has become epidemic. In the UK, one in six people take antidepressants. Now, what causes this lack of joy? Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. And you know, Prozac, among other antidepressant drugs, helps to some degree with anxiety, and anxiety that leads to depression. And I'm not saying that medical treatment should not be used, and we should just assume that we'll get over it, there are chemical issues, there are physical and psychological issues that sometimes, at least initially, need some medical treatment. 
But I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about a lack of joy that only God can fill and that each and every one of us needs to experience that. Now, we want to, one of the greatest causes of emptiness and sadness is sin. Proverbs 22, verse 8 says, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. Then in Proverbs 14, verse 13 and 14, we read, Even in laughter the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth may be grief. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. Hopelessness is one of the manifestations of a lack of joy. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Often the reality of this is in those who reach midlife. That was a long time ago. Glad I'm through that. I didn't buy myself a convertible or a motorcycle. But it's a real thing with many people, especially men. A midlife crisis is often a crisis sparked by the reality that many of the hopes that we had of things that we would achieve in life and experience in life have not happened yet. And now I'm realizing I'm getting old and the time is short and I may never have those things I hoped for. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I could give you a long list of reasons why people experience sorrow rather than joy, especially in the days that we're living in. And you can fill in those blanks, but I'm focused mostly on what Solomon says in Proverbs. Here's a point I want to make. A lack of joy in your life can lead to destructive consequences. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now, there's a positive dimension of having a broken spirit. The Lord comes alongside those people who know him and have a broken spirit, but I'm talking about people who don't know the Lord, and they are broken. And there are so many broken people in our world today, and too many of them are giving up on life. People try to drown their sorrows with alcohol to get over this brokenness, but drunkenness in the end will only lead to worse sorrows, destruction. Proverbs 23, verses 29 to 30 says, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long at the wine. Back in Solomon's day, they didn't probably know about marijuana, but now that it's becoming legal in much of the Western world, people are trying to forget their emptiness by medicating themselves with that drug and many other drugs as well. Today, marriages and families are falling apart at record levels because of a tragic lack of joy in life. Spouses are exiting marriages because their partner no longer makes them happy. And so they go looking elsewhere. And then there's adultery. Then there's divorce. And then there's a broken family. And Proverbs chapter 5, verse 16 to 18 says, Should, the fo- should your fountains be dispersed abroad... Streams of water in the streets. Let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Don't 
give up on your spouse because they're not making you happy enough. Don't go out there and find somebody else to replace them. It's another kind of replacement theology. Those of you who think that you have an unhappy marriage and you're thinking of moving on, not so fast. I'm gonna tell you tonight, you can find joy with the wife or husband of your youth. Don't buy something new and shiny when you can repair what's broken. Many old things are worth keeping if they're still in good shape. And as many say, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> Some someday antiques might even come back into style. You got an old marriage and you're tired and you're, you wanna move on. Value what God has given you. You can find joy. There are ways to fix your marriage. Don't give up. So I've talked about how crucial it is for us to experience the joy of the Lord. It should not be the exception, it should be the rule. It's why Yeshua came, to bring us joy. And God commands us to rejoice. And I've defined what joy is in contrast with what the world thinks of as of happiness. And joy, unlike happiness, comes and goes, or is not like happiness that comes and goes. It doesn't depend on eternal circumstance, external circumstances, but the joy that God gives to his followers is constant. And it's deep in the heart, and external circumstances can't steal it from us. And I've reminded you of the condition of much of our world today. So much sadness, sorrow, emptiness, hopelessness. And those who have not yet heard or received Yeshua as their Savior are looking in the wrong place for this joy. And so, as a result, many people are doing great damage to themselves in this impossible pursuit. Well, I gave you the bad news first, now the good news. In the last part of my message, I'm going to remind you of some good news. And the good news is, if we choose to follow Yeshua and serve him the rest of our days, joy will become part and parcel of our lives. It will be at the core of our experience. I want to give you some keys now to living a life of joy. Number one, pursue the presence of Yeshua in your life. It's interesting that Proverbs 8 goes to great length to speak about a person who was with God from eternity. This person is referred to as wisdom, but this wisdom was not a thing, but a personality. And this is what we read in Proverbs 8, verses 29 to 31. When he, that is God, assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. I think this is referring to Yeshua, the master craftsman, with God from the beginning, involved in the creation of the world. And what characterizes this Son of God? Joy. Delight. God, His Son, together as one, full of joy. Full of joy. From our New Testament perspective, we know this wisdom was actually the person of Yeshua. In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, the apostle uses the word logos to describe Yeshua as being eternally with God. 
John 1, 1 and following, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. Sure reminds us of Proverbs chapter 8, the craftsman that was with God eternally. What's the point I'm trying to make? Do everything you can to pursue the presence of God, the presence of Yeshua in your life. Why? Because he is characterized, his attribute is joy. If you want to receive joy, you go to the source of joy, who is Yeshua, who is God. You know, when you hang out with someone long enough, you start to become like them. If you hang out with Yeshua, you pursue his presence. You spend time every day in his presence, in his word, in prayer, in communion with him. You're going to become more like him. Your joy will get more full and more full in that way. One of the things that rubs off on us when we're soaking in God's presence is joy. The psalmist writes in Psalm 6 verse 11 and following, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. Are you close to the Lord these days? Is the Lord kind of distant? And who's, who's at fault? Has God moved away from you or have you moved away from him? Spend more time in his presence. You'll experience more of his joy. Can anyone say amen at any point? You, yeah. You can say, I agree. You can say, go for it, pastor. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. The prophet Nehemiah said to God's people on a day when they were feeling sad over their condition, he said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You're feeling weak these days. Experience the joy of the Lord and you'll get stronger. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, there are different ways you can interpret that phrase, the joy of the Lord. Most people would think it's the joy of the Lord that is inside us, that is our strength. But there's also another way to interpret it and say that the joy of the Lord is what brings him joy, what we bring to him that gives him even greater joy. When we see that, when we want to be in his presence, that delights the Lord. And so that's his joy. And when he has us in his presence and that's our desire, then he reciprocates and he gives us greater joy and greater strength. Now, one of our greatest goals in life should be to add even more joy to God. Proverbs 11, verse 20 says this. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. And then there's Proverbs 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. In Proverbs 15, 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You see how we give him joy? And when we give him joy, he reciprocates. He gives us greater joy. I like that. 
Some of us might have a view of God as a stern and distant father, but the reality is when his children are with him and are walking with him, he gets emotional over us. Can you imagine God with emotions? Well, he is a person and we're made in his image, so God has emotions. And listen to this in Zephaniah chapter six, 3, verse 16 and 17. It says concerning the future, concerning the people of Jerusalem, and that just happens to be where we are. It says, do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I can't wait to get to heaven and hear him sing. We're going to sound like crows compared to the way God sings over us. And why will he sing over us? Because he enjoys us. Why are we going to heaven? To be with him forever because he wants to be with us. He loves us. He gets joy when we are present with him. That'd be a good place to say amen. amen. Don't you hate it when pastors say, would you say amen? So a key to continual joy is to be continually in God's presence. Let me add a little nuance here to that point, and that is this. In his presence, we should be open to his correction. Did you know that when you get corrected by God, it will lead to joy? If we're open to his correction. Wise Solomon declares in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, to 12, says, My son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. In whom he delights. The children of Israel were not always a delight to the Lord. In fact, they caused him grief many times. It says in Psalm 95 verse 10, For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. But whenever the people of Israel have been willing to repent, confess their sin, repent, and say, Lord, correct me, he corrects and he delights in that place where we're open to his correction, his discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Here's another point, another key to experiencing the consistent joy of the Lord, and that is to live right. Live right. Proverbs 21 verse 15 says concerning doing what is right and how it produces joy, it says this, it is a joy for the just to do justice. But destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. And then Proverbs 29, 6. By transgression an evil man is snared, but the righteous sings and rejoices. You know when you're in a good place with God, you're doing what he wants, you're obeying his commands, it does bring great joy and satisfaction. Proverbs 10, 28 says, The hope of the righteous will be gladness but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Pastor Mike, knowing I'd preach on this subject tonight, sent me a devotional from Oswald Chambers, and I'll just read a portion of what he said on this subject. 
He gives an insight into the difference between happiness and joy. He says, happiness is a thing that comes and goes. It can never be an end in itself. Holiness, not happiness, is the end of man. Holiness, not happiness, is the end of man. When you live a holy life, right living, right living for God and on behalf of others, we experience true gladness through true joy. Here's another point. It comes from Proverbs. I probably wouldn't have even thought of this, but because I studied the whole book to find this, this matter of joy, I came across this. And it says that joy comes to the peacemaker. And I should have known that because Yeshua talks about that in the Beatitudes, but this is what it says. Proverbs 12, verse 20. But counselors of peace have joy. And then Yeshua says something similar in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. What else does Proverbs say? It says, be kind to the poor. Proverbs 14, 21. He who despises his neighbor sins, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Now a point that I think really is important for us to understand, and that is joy comes when you have a productive life, a productive life. Proverbs also gives us an example of what it means to live right and how it produces joy. He talks about a productive life. A great example is what we call the, who we call the virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31. This is a passage that's read in Orthodox homes on Friday night as Erev Shabbat. They give honor to the mother and the wife and usually the one who probably does most of the work in preparing the food, and they honor her by reading about the virtuous woman in Proverbs 20, uh, 31. This is, listen to her, uh, what she was like. Verse 24 and following. She makes linen gar garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in the time to come. She watches over, verse 27 now, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. A key to her joy and joy in the future is being productive. Some of the most sad individuals are those who are idle. Sometimes it's not a fault of their own. They're unemployed. But someone who's not living a productive life often falls into a state of hopelessness and emptiness. But a productive life produces a joyful life. A productive life produces a joyful life. One more point. Actually, a few more. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 19, verse 23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Happy is the man who is always reverent. Reverent. Being conscious of God's presence and not being frivolous about it. And not taking him for granted, but respecting him, honoring him, being reverent before him. For he is the sovereign Lord of the universe. He's not someone you carry around in your back pocket. We need to be reverent in the presence of God. Here's another point. Raise children to serve the Lord. Proverbs 23 verse 24 says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who begets a wise child will delight in him. 
Proverbs 29, 17, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. One more key, trust the Lord. Proverbs 16, 20, he who heeds the word wisely will find good and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Are you anxious about anything? That'll steal your joy. Instead of trusting the Lord, you'll experience a deep sense of emptiness. But if you will put your trust in him and look to him as your source of joy, you will experience that joy. Let me just say a few last words, and that is that if we really experience the joy of the Lord, the true, true joy of the Lord, it will produce good things in us and in others. It says this in Proverbs 17, verse 22, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. God wants good for you. He wants good for me. And he says that a merry heart does good like medicine. He wants us to have physical health. He wants us to have spiritual health. And a key is to live in the joy of the Lord. You know what will happen? Beyond our own good, it will be good for others. In fact, when we live in true joy, people will take notice and it will be attractive to them. They'll wonder what, where it came from and how can they get some of that joy. It says this, in Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Doesn't mean you're always smiling and laughing, but when you have the joy deep in your heart, people will notice that joyful demeanor, the sense that you're not stressed, you're not distressed, you're not sullen, you're not hopeless, you're not feeling empty, and they'll wonder what you have, and you can share with them the good news that this comes from a life with Yeshua. He is the way to joy. I want to share one last thing concerning a key to experience this joy. And this is something especially for me, and I think many of us in this room. Sometimes our lack of joy is because we're not sharing the good news with others. We keep the joy of our salvation to ourselves. One of the greatest joys in life really is to see the lost found and seeing those who are empty and directionless find their way to the Savior. Proverbs eleven thirty says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. We read this in Luke chapter 15, you know this well. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And then Luke 15 verses 4 uh, verse 10, it says, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. If the angels rejoice, if the shepherd rejoices over the return of the lost, how much more should you and I 
join the Lord and his angels and rejoice as we help the lost find their shepherd. That was the experience of those apostles in the book of Acts as they were called to bring the good news to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We read in Acts 13, verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. And then a few verses later, it says in Acts 13, 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They found joy in spreading the good news. I don't know if that convicts your heart, but it convicts mine. I need to do more. It's sharing the joy of the Lord that only comes through life with Yeshua. If you're sad tonight, feeling empty tonight, you can experience joy again. That last verse I just read at the end, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the key to the restoration of joy in your life. David, when convicted of his sin, went to God and he said these words in Psalm 51. He realized the, the reason for his sad state of affairs at that point. And so he confessed his sin. And David said this in verse 6 of Psalm 51. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Are you challenged tonight? Are there things maybe that have been awakened in you as I've shared this and the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart? Well, the Holy Spirit's also inviting you to come to the Lord, to be transparent before him, vulnerable, admitting how and the ways that you might be out of order and not living rightly. And that's why your joy has leaked away. If you're in the kingdom of God, you should experience joy. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you came to save the lost. Thank you that you saved me. You've saved probably almost everybody in this room. You've delivered us from our emptiness, our hopelessness, and even our sorrow and sadness. Oh God, if there's anything out of order tonight, Lord, we thank you that your spirit has come to be with us, to come alongside us, and to show us the way back to you. Lord, we pray that you would replenish leaky vessels that where joy has flee, as, is fleeing away, oh God. We pray that you would restore to us the joy of your salvation. And may we live a life 
in your presence, serving you, making you first. And we're confident, Lord, that you will give us your joy. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen.